This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby is on vacation. She returns next week. No other demographic has been harder hit than Canadians over the age of 75. If you're a regular listener to Zoomer Radio and Fight Back, then you know that outbreaks in long-term care and retirement homes have been responsible for 18% of COVID-19 cases and 82% of related deaths. Staggering. But here's some new information for you. Care provided to seniors in their own homes by Bayshore Healthcare providers has been virtually COVID-19 free. Typically, uh, COVID-19 has ravaged many long-term care homes and retirement homes, but the Bayshore Healthcare has provided virtual COVID-19 free scenario. Now, we've decided that we want to introduce you to Maureen Charlebois. She is the Chief Nursing and Clinical Officer at Bayshore Healthcare to talk about why this huge discrepancy between COVID-19 in long-term care and retirement homes versus in-home care. Maureen, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you very much uh, for having me. It's a pleasure. This is quite an accomplishment, your extremely low rate of COVID-19 cases. Yes, uh, we're very proud of the fact that our teams uh, pulled together when and when needed and that we acted promptly to really provide the best possible safe uh, place for our patients, clients to receive care in their homes and for our healthcare workers to work in a safe environment. Let's talk about Bayshore Healthcare before the pandemic, uh, the history of Bayshore Healthcare and the care it provides to the number of patients across the country. Yes, so uh, Bayshore Healthcare, we are a lar- one of the largest uh, home care providers across uh, Canada, and we provide in-home care to over uh, 35,000 uh, clients in their homes every day. So this results to approximately just over 245,000 home care visits every week across Canada. And the type of service Services we provide uh, vary from, uh, you know, in-home support uh, with meal preparation, medication reminders, as well as us uh, caring for those um, elders and other patients that need some advanced nursing care, such as, you know, intravenous care. Um, uh, many of our seniors suffer with chronic diseases, such as chronic uh, breathing issues and cardiac issues. So we have a team of uh, healthcare professionals uh, ranging from our personal support workers to our nurses, pharmacists, and our therapists that make it possible 
for our uh, seniors to remain in their homes and provide uh, the care that they need when and where when when and where they need it the most in their home. We have Maureen on the line with us until one o'clock, and I'd like to open up the phone lines uh, for anyone who may be interested in Bayshore Healthcare's services uh, versus going into a long-term care home or a retirement home. Maybe this is the option for you or a loved one. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. In addition, Maureen, you also care for, and this is, I mean, this is becoming a pandemic unto itself, dementia, Alzheimer's patients. That's right. That's right. We care, actually, we care for really anyone that uh, require home care services where we can provide uh, any type of support to make it possible, as I said, whether it be nursing or our physiotherapist support, occupational therapy, our pharmacist, and it's really the full interdisciplinary team that really makes it possible for our seniors that are are uh, dealing with uh, forgetfulness, early onset of Alzheimer's or dementia to remain in their home safely. Um, to live life to their fullest while they can. Let's talk about how this all comes to pass. If someone in your life uh, can no longer care for themselves at home or you as a caregiver can no longer provide all of the care uh, because of your own uh, mental health and stability and perhaps you have to leave the home to go to work yourself and don't want to leave your loved one on their own, how does the process work? We pick up the phone, we call Bayshore Healthcare, and then what happens? Yes, that's right. And, you know, it varies um, across uh, the country, uh, but certainly anyone that is wanting to receive in-home service supports, they just call uh, Bayshore Healthcare, and one of our care managers uh, will take that initial call, and they'll do a call, uh, just an assessment over the phone. And more importantly, um, they can also come into your home and do a home assessment uh, to to determine what type of services uh, would be best suited to meet your individual needs. And now, of course, with the pandemic, um, and some people are nervous to have uh, people come into their homes, we can also support you virtually, which means, um, you know, over either over the phone or uh, many people do the video conferencing now, and we can also provide uh, uh, support to you um, over over the virtual means. Maureen, what do the various care scenarios look like? Uh, so in other words, how do you determine how much care somebody needs uh, versus uh, the amount of money that that individual would have to pay for this service? Yes, um, it really does vary. Uh, here's a good example uh, in Ontario. In Ontario, we have we work um, part of our home and community care through the lens, 
and there is a care coordinator there that will um, assist in, in the assessment and to determine what you are eligible for. And then at the same time, you can choose to privately pay uh, to receive additional uh, services that may not be funded through the government programs. And that varies, you know, across the country as well based on the, um, the government's programs for home and community care. So there could be a, um, a hybrid uh, financial s- scenario of having the government pay for some of the care and some of it would come right out of pocket. That's right. That's right. Let's talk about, um, I, I guess, and I, I'd like to know specifically, can you give us any idea about the cost of, of what would be needed to provide home care for somebody who was, say, in early stages of dementia? Yeah, you know, it really depends on their, what supports is needed. If it is uh, to do some caregiver relief, which means, let's say, uh, there is a husband and wife living together and the wife is just um, having a bit of dementia and the husband needs to go out shopping, you know, we could send in a uh, personal support worker or caregiver uh, to relieve uh, you to go out and do that shopping and come back. And that would be just based on a hour hourly rate. But we can certainly provide you additional information uh, based on your needs. Do you have uh, scenarios where somebody would be coming and spending the entire day every day? Yes. Uh, one thing that certainly has uh, become more uh, required through this pandemic is uh, palliative care. And so dying with dignity in your home. And so with that, there are often times where uh, uh, patients and the family members do require uh, 24-7 uh, care uh, so that that person can remain in their home and die um, in their home while being supported with uh, the care needed that they need at that time. I do want to address uh, the difference between in-home care versus long-term care, Uh, but give us a little bit of a history over the recent months. When COVID-19 arrived, uh, what did Bayshore Healthcare do? Uh, What what steps of action did you take to ensure that you weren't weren't bringing COVID-19 into the homes of your clients? Yeah, well, as the uh, chief nurse and clinical officer, you know, my top priority was the safety and well-being of our staff and clients. So even before the pandemic was called, and we had heard, you know, back in early July about this, uh, sorry, early January, about this SARS-like virus that was happening in Wuhan, China, we immediately ex- uh, assessed our infection prevention control measures, as well as we looked at any enhanced measurements that we need to put in place to uh, safeguard both our clients and our our staff. And so what we had to do, we had to act fast and do what was clinically right. And so I really led with my team with uh, the, the precautionary principle, which really means, you know, at that time, we didn't know what we were dealing with. And so to err 
err on the side of caution, we put in full precautions. So that meant that anyone that was, you know, at risk of COVID-19, even if they were asymptomatic, which means they had no symptoms, but they, let's say, had traveled outside of Canada, we would have our staff enter the home, your home, uh, in full PPE. And PPE stands for Personal Protective Equipment. And so that means we wanted to ensure the safety of our staff going into the home unknown and also the safety of the client so that there was no risk of uh, exposure or potential transmission of COVID-19 in the home. And that was, as I said, even before the pandemic uh, was called and even before we received some guidance as to what to do, we just knew what was clinically necessary and what was required to create the safest environment. And I would say it really was a godsend because that has positively contributed to our very low rate of COVID-19 clients in the home as well as staff in the home. Um, In addition, um, throughout uh, the pandemic, you know, it really took a toll on all of us. Um, Our our healthcare workers were definitely becoming uh, tired, our staff, our managers, our leaders. And so what we also did was uh, create what I call the safety mentorship program, and that was to provide additional training and education to our uh, frontline healthcare workers and to our clinical managers who actually lead them um, across uh, Canada at the local level uh, to ensure that everyone knew how to use, you know, their um, mask and gloves and gowns properly to to avoid cross-contamination or any risk of of, uh, spread of COVID-19. And again, I think that made a significant difference. And our goal there was zero harm to our patients, zero harm to our staff. Amazing. Uh, From your perspective at Bayshore Healthcare, obviously everything you've just said is the reason why you've been so successful at... uh basically negating COVID-19 from your service. What do you think went wrong in long-term care? How was it that it became so dangerous uh, for the residents? Yes, um, you know, and that my heart goes out to all of our long-term care partners and to all of the residents and families that have lost their lives, all of the healthcare providers that have lost their lives, and the staff that continue to work there because this pandemic really has been so devastating and it's been, you know, the worst uh, pandemic since the Spanish flu, which was a hundred years ago. You know, the challenge is that the COVID-19 is a nasty little virus and it spreads like wildfire. And so where there is congregate settings uh, and really in, in any institution, 
it does create an environment uh, conducive for the virus to spread. Unlike the home, where home care, um, you know, is the safest because uh, essentially you have more the one-to-one, you know, uh, patient-to-staff member. And as well, you know, you're receiving these services in your home and you know who has come in and out of your home. You also are able to do the additional um, sanitation that's necessary through effective cleaning and that. And that's not like, you know, our institutional um, other areas where care is provided. We have Maureen Charlebois from Bayshore Healthcare until the top of the hour. I don't know about you, but I am intrigued when I get to that point where you need some sort of extra care and we're all going to get there as a result of our aging population here in Canada. Doesn't this sound like a much better solution than leaving your home and going into long-term care where we can see what happens uh, particularly during COVID-19. Maureen, we have some listeners on the line who, a- who would like to ask you some questions about your services. We'll go to Annie in Toronto first. Go ahead, Annie. I'm a, I'm a senior who's very reluctant to have strangers come into my home, and I do need some home care. And I'm wondering, are your workers tested for COVID? Because even if they're wearing protective equipment that could still be a carrier going from one location to another. Yes, you're absolutely right. And so what we do in addition to wearing any of the safety precautions and that we have all of our staff uh, screen every single day and what's that, what that means is they have to take their own assessment uh, to ensure they don't have any sim- symptoms suggestive of uh, COVID and or if they've come in contact with any anyone else that was COVID positive. And as well, we also screen then our patients before we send our staff in. And so together uh, with those practices, it does and it has proven to be uh, uh, quite safe. What about the point that Anne brings up about being nervous about having a stranger come into your home, especially if you live alone? Yes, and that's, um, you know, a lot of our uh, clients that we had on service at the outset of the pandemic was, they were really nervous, uh, both because, you know, they're having this stranger coming in um, and not knowing what he or she uh, might bring into the home or who they are. And so all, our, all of our staff are fully uh, certified uh, caregivers and or regulated healthcare professionals. And so from a safety perspective, they all have gone through um, safety checks, just like you would if you worked, uh, you know, any uh, of uh, hospital staff, for example. And so they are safe, qualified uh, care providers providers to come into the home. And I'll share an interesting story with you with one of our patients, clients that was receiving services in the home. Um, This was back in May. She contacted me uh, to discuss her care. And she had said, you know, at first she was nervous when her nurse came in and she was wearing this you know, the gloves and the mask, and 
she said, oh, geez, you know, I thought maybe she was sick or something and, and not realizing that she was actually protecting the herself. And so after a while and through education, um, uh, it was much more understood why our, our nurses were wearing masks. And in fact, one of the things she shared with me, which really uh, was uh, really heartwarming, she said, you know, at the end, she could even see the nurse smile through her mask. <laughs> and she just commented on what a big difference uh, she made in her recovery of her amputation, but more so just to have that peace of mind and safety in their own home. Um, and our nurses provide a lot of education and support to the uh, patients uh, in the home as well as their family members and and even more so when a pandemic is is occurring any type of information is really uh, helpful and people really enjoy those uh, discussions with their care provider and if this is all sounding very interesting and intriguing to you uh, the Bayshore Healthcare Service stand by because before the top of the hour I will give you the contact information so make sure you have a pen and a paper handy to write down the information if you would like to inquire about home care with Bayshore Healthcare um, certainly uh, we alluded to it there before the break Maureen but uh, a recent uh, census, 2017 census, reveals there are now 5.9 million seniors compared with 5.8 million Canadians 14 and under. So caring for seniors and the aging population is more important than ever. And research shows people do want to stay in their own homes as they age, yes? Yes, that's absolutely right. There been there have been a number of studies, um, and more recently there was a study with um, the Canadian Caregiver Coalition of Research Project, and in that um, it did indicate that uh, uh, people want to remain uh, in their home for as long as possible, and especially uh, seniors who deserve the care to provide it in their homes, and as well if people were given a choice, right? So let's say you're in the hospital. Uh, they said they would prefer early discharge from hospital to be followed up and have uh, care provided in their home. And that certainly is a trend we are seeing. And this is overall, you know, over throughout the uh, several past uh, decades where we have switched from institutionalized care to uh, recovery care in the home. And that's because people generally do better in the, their own home care environment. So when I was a nurse uh, many years ago, let's say caring for a senior who had hip surgery, back then you would often be uh, in the hospital, let's say for over a week sometimes recovering. Now we can uh, provide that in-home care support for your post-surgical follow-up. Um, and sometimes, you know, we've gone from one to three-day uh, hospital I say, and that has really made a significant difference in the outcomes uh, in recovery uh, in their own in patients' own homes. Maureen, we have Elsie from Tottenham on the line. Hi, Elsie. Welcome to Zoomer Radio. Do you have a question for Maureen? Oh, yeah. I came in the middle of the conversation sure. that um, uh, the 
uh, clients pay for some of the services? Which cl- What do they have to pay? Yes, I, and I think it's good to reiterate that. Uh, the costs of having in-home care provided by Bayshore Healthcare, Maureen. Yes. So, uh, sorry, you're from Tottenham, Ontario? Yes. Yes. So it really is based on your assessment. So what would happen is that you would have uh, now a case manager from Home and Community Care through the LIN. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that acronym. Um, oh, yeah. And they'll do an assessment. And then based on your clinical needs, they will make a decision about what services you're eligible for. So a good example, you know, I had uh, my dad uh, last year, he fell in his home and they did an assessment and unfortunately they only would, they only provided, said he was eligible for nursing care uh, two hours a week. And so that just wasn't enough. And so in order for him to stay in his home, he then privately paid um, uh, for additional services. Um, And that certainly is, you know, an area that we're seeing that, you know, people want to stay in their home. And even in a recent uh, survey that we did, just ourselves, some people said they'd even be willing to pay an, an additional um, uh, tax in order to stay in their home. And so that's a whole area, you know, the whole funding for home and community care that needs to be looked at. Elsie, so does that, that help? In? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, when did that come in? Like, no, it normally, come in. normally uh, we just let's, did let's, a survey. Hang on, Elsie, um, hang on. Saying about, okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. Go ahead, Maureen. Sorry, uh, no, I'm saying it hasn't come in. Uh, it's an area that uh, needs to be looked at to provide uh, adequate funding for people to stay in their home and receive the home care that they need. And it's even going to be more important, let's say, if we uh, receive an additional wave two, for example, of COVID-19, because our hospitals are already over capacity long-term care is over capacity, and so home care is where we need to provide the services to build that additional c- capacity uh, across our healthcare system. Okay, Elsie, I'm going to provide uh, the information here for Bayshore in just a minute, and then oh, you could okay. have a private conversation. Okay. Thank you so much for calling Zoomer Radio. Okay, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Maureen, before we say goodbye to you yeah. uh, today, just as a recap, how... Can you provide at Bayshore Healthcare a higher level of care in the home than in long-term care? Yes, um, we provide the services that best meet your needs, uh, ranging from mild support to more intensive support uh, to have you stay in the comfort of your home so that you can live uh, life to the fullest while receiving the care that you would traditionally receive, let's say, in the hospital or have to be institutionalized to receive that care. Um, and that is the you know, the the focus of home and community care. And in fact, uh, going back to early roots of uh, nursing, uh, Florence Nightingale, who was the founder of modern nursing, 
actually said, you know, that care needs to be provided in the home and that institutionalized care should be abolished. And if you can imagine, that was over 200 years ago. And so certainly uh, home and community care um, is the future, as well as providing the additional support of virtual care coupled with in-person care for you to remain uh, safe in your home and get the care uh, that you need. Maureen, we're out of time, but let's get to the contact information. For anybody interested, where should they go online? Who sh- what number should they call? Yes. So uh, for those that are interested, uh, you can visit our website at um, www, and I'm just pulling it up here, <laughs> www at, uh, sorry, www.bayshore.ca. Okay, bayshore.ca and a phone number? And a phone number. They can call 905-822-8075. Okay, 905-822-8075 or bayshore.ca. Maureen Charlebois at Bayshore Healthcare, thank you for your time. It's been an, an informative half hour. Great. Thank you very much. All right. Bob Comsick in the news is coming up next. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.